Hebrews chapter number 5, verse number 13. Paul said this. Uh, you know what? Let's start back in verse number 12. Uh, for the time when you ought to be teachers, he said, You have need that one teach you again, that which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, there's much in this passage of Scripture. He's talking about growing up spiritually. He's talking about coming into the full maturity of the saints. And, and there's much here that we could talk about uh, being able to uh, take the meat rather than just the milk. How many of you know a baby starts out on milk, but eventually, you know, he gets to be 17 years old. He's not wanting the bottle anymore. He's wanting T-bone steaks. I mean, at least one. Give him three if he, if he can handle it. But, but uh, that's the way we need to be spiritually. Growing up to where we're not just, uh, you know, on the milk of the word, so to speak. But growing up to the meat of the word. And so he mentions that. And then verse 13, what I really want to get on this morning. Everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Unskillful in the word of righteousness. Now that term jumped out at me last night. Whenever I was praying, I was, thinking, I was planning on going a different direction. And the Lord brought me to this and started talking to me and wanted me to minister this morning on getting, past your, getting over your past. Getting over your past. Now, you, you and I cleaned up real good this morning, but we, 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 there were some things in our past that we're not proud of. Amen. I'm not trying to go into the sea of forgetfulness this morning and dredge them up because they're in the sea of forgetfulness. How many of you thank God for the blood? But you see, the enemy will hound you about your past. And he'll remind you about your past. And he'll try to shame you over your past. And he'll try to bring condemnation over your past. And he'll, try, he'll, he'll use your past. Uh, and he'll, and he'll, he'll try to bring it back as a, uh, as a memory and as a picture in order to try to uh, hinder your future. The enemy is one... The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. Amen. Is that right? And the Bible says that he, you know, really, whenever he brings accusations, if you really think about it, what he's trying to do is he's trying to rob you of your faith and your confidence before God to come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain and receive what you need from God in this life. He wants you to do without. He wants you to be bound. He wants you to live, you know, beneath your privileges. Because uh, when you walk free from all the condemnation, all the guilt, and all the shame over your past, then you're a force to be reckoned with with the devil. And he knows it. And he wants to rob you. He wants to undermine your confidence. He wants to keep you from coming boldly like we have the right and the privilege of doing according to the book of Hebrews. How many of you know Hebrews chapter, not, not, uh, Hebrews chapter number 10? It talks about let us come boldly to the throne of grace. But it doesn't just start there. It says back there, it says uh, that he said, having our sins and iniquities, he will remember no more. Amen. Now where remission of these, there is no more offering for sin. 
That includes you and I walking around acting all guilty for days, weeks, months, whatever. That's an offering we're trying to make to God. Whenever he said he doesn't even remember it anymore. And so, uh, but when it says there in verse number, what is that? Verse number 19 talks about coming boldly to the throne of grace. It, it says, having therefore, brethren. You've got to back up and see what therefore is therefore. And he's talking about thy sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember them no more. Well, that reminds me of Isaiah. Go over to Isaiah chapter number 43. I like Isaiah chapter number 43 along this line. Verse number 25 and 26, he said here, I, even I, am he that blots out thy transgressions, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> thy transgressions for mine own sake. You thought you did it, that he did it for your sake. He said he did it for his sake. <laughs> you know what that means? That basically means so he could remove whatever was in the way, keeping, us, keeping him from being able to bless us. God's a big-hearted God. He lo- he's a loving God. He longs to bless. He longs to, to bring people into what he has for them. And uh, he said, I blotted out your transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Will not remember. Will not remember. Will not remember. Will not remember. I went to the Lord one time. <clears throat> I had, I don't know. Probably nobody besides me and pastor have ever gotten mad and irritated and said something that we shouldn't have said. <laughs> but uh, it was unkind, wasn't loving. But I, I, you know, I did that at least once. I'll, I'll, I'll at least fess up to once. And I, and I wasn't kind and, and I needed to repent and I did. I went back to, I said, forgive me, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. And, uh, and I asked the Lord to forgive me. And uh, because it was wrong. And uh, the next day, I had, you know, I went to bed that night with good fellowship between me and God. Got it all cleared up. Praise God. How many of you know the Bible still says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God. So sometimes you got you to gotta acknowledge that it was wrong. Confess it. Repent. You know what I'm talking about? So I did that and, and you know, restored fellowship. That, that, what that does is he said, he, he'll, we confess it. He's faithful and just forgive us and cleanse us. Cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All unrighteousness. All of it's gone. All that unrighteousness is gone. Cleanse means it's, it's washed away. And so I, I, I you know, got that under the blood and went to bed with good fellowship with God. And, and so I said... Um, the next morning, I don't know, got to thinking about it, got to, and uh, I said, Lord, I don't want to ever act like that again. I said, you know, I, I remembered that I had been unkind the day before, but to be honest with you, I couldn't re- really remember what I had said, and I said, Lord, remind me what I said. I said, I don't, I don't remember what I said, but I want to remember never do that again. That just wasn't nice, yeah. and, and I said, I'm dipping down into my spirit, and I'm, I'm looking, and, and I'm, I'm just trying to remember and uh, I got busy doing other things, other things on my mind. And then I remembered it about my question of the Lord. I said, Lord, remind me of that. I'm trying to remember what that was. I don't want to do that again. That is unkind. I don't want to be like that. And I'm dipping down into my spirit and endeavoring to draw up the remembrance of what that was. I remembered that I had done, done something unkind. I couldn't remember what I said. <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I just got busy, got my mind on something else. The third time I said, Lord, I, you're, you're not reminding me. I said, you, I, said uh, I, I remember, I said, I don't want to do that again. Remind me what that was so I can remember never to do that again. He said, how can, I, how can you get me to remind you of something I forgot myself? You know, sometimes we say we're word people and we're only about half believing the word. I didn't say you. I, you know, I might be you, but I'm talking about all of us. He said, I won't remember. Hallelujah. Other people might remember. They might try to bring it up. But that's their problem. Glory to God. I'm, I'm clean. I'm, I'm washed in the blood. I'm not talking about not being repentant, you know, and not being, you know, not turning from things and being flippant with people. Well, you just need to forgive me. Well, uh, you know, that's between them and God. That's good preaching, Pastor Jay. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, uh, so he said, I will not. I will not. Look at that. I will not. I, I blotted it out for mine own sake and will not remember thy sin. Put me in remembrance. Well, that now that sounds like he's trying to say put, us, put him in remembrance of our sin. No. Listen to the Amplified. It says, uh, put me in remembrance. Remind me of your merits. Now, verse 26 is not putting him in remembrance of our sin. I mean, if, if he forgot them, if he forgot what we did, and he won't remember it anymore. He's not asking us to, to bring it to his remembrance. So after repentance, he forgets it. He doesn't do like some people. You know, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget what you did. No, that's not true. That's not true forgiveness. That's not true forgiveness. People say, well, I forgive you. I'll never forget. That's not really forgiveness. That's still harboring it in our hearts. Holding a grudge, holding, holding ill will, holding. Amen. That's the truth about it. So he said, uh, put me in remembrance. In other words, like the Amplified said, of your merits. How many of you know, if, if it really is true that it's blotted out? He said, I'll blot out your transgressions. If it's really blotted out, then it doesn't exist before God anymore. <clears throat> Amen. Praise God. So blot out means to destroy the evidence. That's exactly what he's talking about. So when the devil brings something back to your remembrance and is trying to uh, remind you of what you did, he's bringing false evidence. That doesn't exist anymore. If we believe the word of God, he blotted it out. I'm just, I'm just warning you, somebody's going to get happy before we leave here today. Because the Word makes us happy. Thrills us when we really look at it. And so, um, uh, he said, I won't remember thy sin. How many of you can see that's a choice? I will is a, uh, uh, he's, he's deciding this is what I'm going to do. That's his choice. Amen. It's, it's, it needs to be you and I's choice as well. Isn't that right? We just say, well, I'm not going to. See, the devil is the one that comes and reminds you of it. He's the accuser of the brother. He'll bring things back you did 30 years ago. 
and try to, try to bring you under condemnation yeah. for them. Yeah. But like we've just read there in Hebrews chapter number five, we're supposed to be skillful, be skillful. with the word of righteousness. Yes. Do you see how that verse said that? skillful with the word of righteousness. You know what that means? That means take the word of God and answer the enemy's condemnation and the enemy's thoughts and, 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 and tell him what the word says. What does the word say? Well, we're reading what the word says. Answer it. Amen. Jesus answered the enemy in the, in, the, in the desert there whenever he was tempted 40 days and 40 nights. Satan would bring, in, bring something and he would answer it every single time. You need to learn to answer the thoughts and suggestions and feelings of condemnation and unworthiness and guilt and shame. You're, 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 as a Christian, as a, as a believer, you're to live with zero sense of, of guilt or unrighteousness within your heart or your mind. Zero. Hallelujah. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. All of it. All of it. Thank God. That's his choice. And I, if he says, I'm not going to remember it, I choose to not remember it. I, I, I choose to, I, my choice is to not meditate on my past failures. Amen. Amen. Are you with me this, this morning? And not think about them. It's legal for you to forget about it. It's over. It's past. You can't do anything about it. It already, it had happened. You, you can't change the fact that it happened. All you can do is get it cleaned up by the blood. Amen. You know, we got to renew our mind to the word and rehearse the word to ourselves because the enemy is the accuser, like it says there in the book of Revelation, you know what I'm talking about. The accuser of our brethren has come down. He accuses us before our God night and day. And uh, we, you and I have got to be people who understand that these the accusations and these reminders of our past failures, even if he's using somebody else to talk about it, that that is not the Holy Ghost inspiring them to bring that back up. Husbands and wives have to learn this. Don't, don't get me meddling on that, but it is. We never use our spouse's past failures as a weapon or as a stick to hit them over the head with. We're being used of the devil. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> so... Uh, he said he blots it out. That, that means it's gone. It's gone. And he forgot it, and that's my choice. I refuse to meditate on it, think about it. Let me tell you something. That takes faith to do that. It's one of the greatest acts of faith you can ever do after you've missed it. And yes, the Bible preaches repentance. And we'll talk about it. I don't know how much time we'll get here on this. But, but you know, people want to take something away from the body of Christ today that uh, belongs, that, that has gotten many of us out of many pickles, yes. many doozy situations where we, we have to acknowledge our wrong and confess it. No, don't hold fast to the confession forever and ever. Amen. Just one time. Just say, that was wrong. I acknowledge it. God forgive me. Amen. And, uh, and uh, then the Bible says he con we confess that he's faithful and just. See, in that confession is humility, it is acknowledgement, and it is turning and going a different direction. 
And the, the issue with, with people today is they don't want to be humble before God re- regarding the dealings of the Spirit. His, his Spirit is dealing with him, and they just want to say, well, I'm just in faith. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to confess anything. It, well, you don't have to be healed either. You don't have to receive the blessings of God either. Not because God's withholding them, but because you got something blocking it. Amen. The Bible teaches that. But see, that's just get it dealt with. And then, see, there's two things really, two major issues that you and I have to to, to deal with to get past our past or get over our past. Number one, true Bible repentance. Number two, uh, learning to forget our past. God's got something better for you and I to think about all the time than our past failures. That is meditating on what the blood has done for us. Meditating on what the, what, how it made us, it gave us standing before God again. Yes. Where we're able to stand before him, gotten all, got our conscience all cleared up. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. No more sense of, of, of separation anymore. No more sense of unworthiness. No more sense of doing without. No more sense of not being accepted to come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain. And obtain. That's, the, that's what this does for us. And so, but, but, but see, people, want to, they, they want to camp on one or the other, both of them. I'm talking about repentance, turning away from what we did, acknowledging our wrong, humbling ourselves. Uh, uh, they want to camp on that. And, and see, people, without, with just camping on that and, and, and just talking about that all the time, the devil will keep us aware of sin consciousness. God doesn't intend for us to live under sin consciousness. He tends for us to live under righteousness consciousness. And remember the Old Testament talks about, and this is, you know, many things in the Old Testament are prophecies about the New Testament. He said, in righteousness, you will be established. Hallelujah. God wants us in our thinking, in our minds, to be established in right standing with God. Our, 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 Our minds are to be renewed to that. And where our spirits are to be fed the word of God that feeds that, that awareness into our spirits. Yeah. So that our spirits are, are conscious of our right standing with God and, and not all the accusations of the enemy coming from out here. See, God's not the condemner. Even when we've sinned, he's not the condemner. Right. He, he convicts. Right. He draws us back to himself. But he doesn't condemn us. Yeah. The Bible said, if our hearts condemn us, uh, then have, if our hearts, if we do wrong, our hearts will condemn us, and our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. Our own hearts will condemn us, but that's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is there to draw us back. So when we get, when we get that cleared up between our hearts and God, the Holy Spirit draws us back to that. When we get that right, then we move on and don't keep thinking about our sin, where we missed it. You know, after repentance, let's have some faith. Let's put some faith in that blood. Not sitting around just, oh, I missed it so bad. I'm just a horrible. I'm just a worm. I'm just so unworthy. No, 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 no. Humble ourselves. Get it right. Say, yep, that was wrong. I missed it. Forgive me, Lord. But then get up and get some faith. Exercise some faith in the blood. Put some faith in that blood. The devil won't sit back and just let you waltz into that. He wants to hold you in feelings of unworthiness. But see, that's what the blood is for. Remember he said, to cleanse you, cleanse you 
not only of the sin, but all the, the feelings of unworthiness. You and I shouldn't be walking around like all condemned and heavy like we're unworthy. We ought to be holding our head up high. In fact, when you walk into Walmart or wherever you go shopping, people ought to look at you and say, what, my goodness, why are you so happy? <laughs> Amen. Woo, glory be to God. Yeah, your past is gone. It's worthy of one thing, and that is forgetting it. I said it's worthy of one thing, and that is forgetting it. If you're not good at forgetting, you're not going to be good at faith. That's something I had to learn. Uh, in order for me to walk in faith before God, I had to be good at forgetting my past. I mean, there's, there's you know, I'm not, but, but you understand, there's some ugly things in all of our past. And, and we are not proud of it. But see, it's gone. Somebody said, you did that. No, that old man did that. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, you know, the, these things really, we, we need to recognize here. He said, thy sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. He said here in Isaiah, I'm going to blot out thy transgressions. And then, and, then, and then he said, put me in remembrance. In other words, put me in remembrance. Do you realize that after it's blotted out, you have no sin. You only have, like the, the, the Amplified says, merits. Put me in remembrance. Listen to this. Remind me of your merits. Well, he's not talking about merits in our own works. He's talking about merits in the blood. Merits in the blood. Our merits are not in our good works. Our merits are in what the blood did for us. Hallelujah. And so remind him of what? Not of your sin. Because he forgot that. Remember the Bible said he puts him in the sea of forgetfulness. He forgot that, and he now, since he forgot that, he offers us the precious privilege of filling his blank memory. And what are you going to fill it with? He said, now remind me. What are you going to remind him of? Since he forgot sin, don't, don't say anything. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Don't say anything. Yeah. I'm about to say it. Say something about the blood. Right. Say something about the blood. Hallelujah. Don't talk about how unworthy you are. I don't know if you remember that vision Brother Hagin had. I think it was the first vision he saw him. It was, it was 1950. First vision. And he said, for the first time he looked, Jesus had talked to him about a few things, but he hadn't really looked at him in the eye. He said, for the first time he looked him in the eyes, and he said they were like wells of liquid love. It seemed like they went a half a mile deep. And he looked in his eyes, the eyes of Jesus, and he said, he melted. He fell at Jesus' feet. And he put his hands on Jesus' feet, put his head, you know, his head on the back of his own hands on Jesus' feet. And he said, oh, Lord. He said, no one as unworthy as I shall be, should be worthy to look upon thy face. And you know what Jesus did? He said, stand up on your feet. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, a congratulations. Stand up on your feet. <laughs> it was like a command. 
And he looked him in the eyes. He said, you are worthy because of my blood. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Hallelujah. I said, because Jesus said, because of the blood, because of the blood, because of the blood. See, Brother Hagin was conscious of all his shortcomings and all his failures. <laughs> and, and Jesus wasn't conscious of that. He was conscious of the blood. And he was inviting Brother Hagin to live that way, fully conscious of nothing in his past, only conscious of what the blood had done for him. That's your privilege. That's the invitation that God gives each one of us into that kind of life where we're conscious of nothing but the blood. Now listen, the Holy Spirit, when we miss it, our own conscience will tell us that, right? And the Holy Spirit will uh, make us aware of our need to come back into fellowship with God on that. And, we'll, and as we respond to that, then, then the Bible says, then there'll be no more consciousness of sin. The blood wipes away all consciousness of sin. Isn't that good? I said, isn't that good? That's, that's a blessing to me. I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I, I've had times I've needed this. Every honest person knows what I'm talking about. And we thank God that the blood of Jesus is available today. And he said, I won't remember them thy sin. In other words, that's his, that's his uh, choice, his choice to do that. And so um, put me in remembrance here in Isaiah 50, I mean in Isaiah uh, uh, 43, verse number 26, put me in remembrance. The, the Amplified says, remind me of your merits. So God wants us to have days of heaven on earth, the Bible says. And I'm not going to let, if he invites me to live without condemnation, I'm not going to let the devil's accusations Keep me living short of days of heaven on earth. I have been made worthy to do that. See, the, the sense of unworthiness that Satan tries to hold us in through our past or whatever. Uh, feelings. How many of you know he'll bring feelings? Uh, in, in a lot of ways, he, he tries to influence our thinking. But the, that's, that sense of unworthiness is designed to keep me out of a victorious Christian life. Keep me in bondage. Because faith, one of the greatest enemies of faith is condemnation. One of the greatest. One of the greatest. Uh, if you want to live victorious in faith, live, go to, uh, get skillful like Hebrews 5.13 there said, get skillful with the word of righteousness. Get good at answering every thought Every feeling, every impulse, every suggestion of condemnation or unworthiness. Get good at addressing it. Answering it. Don't just let it run around in your heart and mind. Uh, Jesus gave us the example how to do it in Luke 4. He, he answered the enemy and said, it is written. Every time, take, him back, take the enemy back to the word. Take the enemy back to the word. Make him, put it in his pipe and make him smoke it. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying or not. You got to have a spirit of faith about this. That's what I'm saying. Have a spirit of faith about it. Remind him of what the word of God said. 
Remind him of what the blood says. You know, Hebrews said the blood of Jesus is speaking better things than that of Abel's. Remember what that Bible said in Hebrews? It's speaking better things than that of Abel's. If the blood is speaking, you and I need to know what it's saying. It's speaking something better than Abel's blood. What did Abel's blood, what was it saying? It was crying out that an injustice had been done. Remember, Cain killed Abel. And God said his blood was speaking to him from the ground. Whenever, whenever God came on the scene talking to Abel. And he said, your blood, uh, uh, Cain's, uh, I mean, Abel's blood is speaking to me from the ground. Well, if, if man's blood speaking, then Hebrews says, I'm looking for the reference I got here somewhere. It talks about the, the, the blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of Abel's. Hebrews 12, 24. The blood is speaking. Jesus' blood is talking to God. It's talking to God. It's saying, so well, you ought to know what it's saying. Because if we're going to be walking by faith, we need to be saying what the blood's saying. Abel's blood was speaking to God of an injustice that had been done. And that, uh, that a, a penalty had to be paid. Well, Jesus' blood was shed for the remission of our sin. Wasn't it? It's speaking to God. But what's it saying? It's not speaking of an injustice that has been done. It's speaking of righteousness through the blood. The blood was shed for our right standing before God. Right standing means to be clean as if sin had never existed. It's talking to God in, in, in terms of if you have not sinned. Isn't that right? It's talking to God saying clean. Yes. Amen. Romans though, it says in Romans chapter number three, it talks about where we have to put our faith in that blood. Amen. His blood through faith in the blood has, has made, us, made, his, made him a propitiation for our sins. Amen. Propitiation means as if it, you wipe it away as if it never existed before. Uh, the, the blood is speaking. We've got to mix our faith with that blood and say the same thing the blood said. Not, not be talking about all that the devil's telling us and all the feelings of unworthiness are telling us. And the, and the, suggest, the accuser of the brethren saying to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a faith walk. You know, Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. First Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. You have to fight, not, not the devil, but you'll have to bring God's answer to every suggestion of unworthiness and guilt. Bring God's answer to it. Bring the word of God to it. Speak the blood. Talk about what the blood did. Talk about what the blood is saying. Keep saying that back to those feelings until those things are gone. Because you are not to live, with under, you live under condemnation and guilt and shame. That's good preaching, Pastor Jay. Thank you. I'm not giving credit to myself. I'm just helping thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so put me in remembrance. What are you going to remind him of? Remind him of what the blood did. Yes. Remind him that you're clean. Yes. Fill his blank memory with the, the merits, not of your merits, but the merits that the blood have provided to you. You know, they made healing yours. They made freedom from torment yours in your mind. Many, made many things they made, the blood made yours. And so God wants you to live days of heaven on earth. Amen. Hold your head up high and go ahead and live it. Amen. Just go ahead and have it. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Well, somebody else don't think I'm, I'm, I'm worthy of that. I'm worthy of walking in that. Well, that's their problem. Love them. I'm not saying be mean or nasty to them or, or arrogant over the blessings of God. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just don't do without because of a sense of unworthiness. Well, I don't need any of this old world's goods. Well, maybe if you don't want it, maybe, maybe, no, I'll just, just say this. First of all, God does. He wants you to have it. But second of all, if you don't want it, at least be blessed for somebody else's sake to help somebody else. I feel mean on the devil right now. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, God wants, God, God, uh, how do you say this? Your future depends on, your future, walking in all that God has, it depends on you dealing with these feelings and thoughts and things the enemy's bringing against you. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what so many times you got to do. You got to forgive yourself. You know, because you and I are our own worst critics. We, we, we talk, we, we're, we're harder on ourselves than anybody else is. Isn't that right? Because we know, because we are aware and are conscious too often of our past. And we're, you know, somebody else meets us and they're not conscious of our past. They can get, they'll get in faith with us. Bless God, the Lord will heal you. You know, they'll get in faith with us because they don't know anything about our past. But we're like, well, you know, we're, we're timid about it. We don't come boldly to obtain it because, you know, well, we know our past and so forth and so on. You know, you have no more past than a newborn baby. A lot of people are bold to pray for a newborn baby that's got some sickness or disease or some praying grandma that's a saint in all her life. She did nothing but pray for her grandkids and pray for the local church and pray. Just, just a big contribution to the work of God. And we know, my goodness, my goodness, God heal them quick. You know, they're, they're, they're holy. They're righteous. Or some baby that has no past. We never, a family in the church never has a baby and we hold them and say, oh, they're past. They have no past. And neither do you. I'm going to do a Brother Hagin brush arbor spell here in a bit. Thank God for the blood. Amen. It's legal for you to hold your head up high and say, oh, that's gone. No more shame. Oh, but you remember. No, I don't remember. I choose not to remember. I choose. If he chose to forget it, I choose to forget it. It's worthy of one thing, and that is forgetting it. Well, I need to go back there and fix that all. I'm telling you, you can't fix most of it anyway. Amen. It's not, God doesn't even try to fix it. He just forgives it, washes it away, and cleans it, and, 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 and cleanses it from your life, and says, run on, run on. Hallelujah. Now, look here in uh, James 1.5. James 1.5. Pastor said you're normally out at 3.30. Is that what he said? Is that what I heard you say? I'm praying. Pray for my hearing, you know. Uh, but uh, James 1.5 here, I like this verse. These are the things you need to meditate on. Sometimes you almost need to do it daily. Or sometimes moment to moment. Keep reminding the enemy of what the word says. James 1, 5, uh, notice 
uh, he's talking about asking for wisdom. Any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He's talking about approaching God for, for a need. You're, you have a need here for wisdom. Uh, ask, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally. Woo. And upbraideth not. Look at that. And upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith and so forth and so on. Abradeth not. That word means, I looked it up this morning just to make sure I understood it. It means to chide and cast something in one's face or in one's teeth. The Amplified says, he, he gives to all men without reproach or fault finding. I saw, I'm telling you what, if that doesn't bless you, that, I don't know what is going to bless you. Forgiveness puts me in that place where I ha- as if I had never missed it. So in God's eyes, when he forgives, he forgets. And he doesn't, he doesn't hold it here so that when we come to him, he can pick it up and throw it back at us. Well, you know, I mean, you came for this, you know, blessing. But, but here, you remember? Do you remember? No, no. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Do we believe it? Forgiveness puts me in that place. How bold that'll make you in the presence of God. How bold that'll make you in prayer. I am guarantee you, all of us, I'm including myself in it. All of us could use some, some, uh, some, some great, some exercise, some greater faith in the area I'm talking about this morning. Hallelujah. What we've done wrong is washed away. Now, after it's washed away, verse number, you know, Isaiah 43, verse number 25, I'm going to blot it out and I will not remember it. Now, when it's washed away, by the time we get to verse 26, put me in remembrance. By the time we get to verse 26, we don't have any faults. (laughs) Just merits through the blood. Did you get that? One of, the be- one of the most loving things you can do for somebody that has done you wrong or something like that is look them in the eye and say, I find no fault in you. Amen. It's as if it never happened. I've done that for congregation members. As a pastor, you know, people, they, 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 they mess up, trip up. And uh, they, they come or somehow, you know, they need re- restoration or something. And they're crying and so forth. And listen, humility and repentance is correct. You know, the Bible says that the, the, the prodigal son, when he came back, you remember that story? Luke chapter number, Luke chapter number, uh, uh, what time I got here? Okay. <laughs> Luke chapter number uh, 15, is it? The prodigal son, whenever he came back, he, he didn't come back all cocky like, you know, well, you just need to restore all this to me. I haven't done anything wrong. No, he came back and he said, Father, I have sinned yeah. against heaven and against you and in thy sight. That was right for him to say that. He had sinned. But do you know what the father said? Because you read the whole story and, and he had this speech prepared. He had practiced it on the pigs. You, you look at the story down there, whenever he's down there by the pig pit. Remember, he's eating food out of the pig's trough. He, he prepared that speech. He said, I, I'm, I, yeah, I got 
people back there at my father's service, back in my father's house. They're doing better than I am. Look at me. And he said, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to repent. And I'm going to say, and he, he laid out his speech. Here's what I'm going to say. You go and read it. And he, just said it, he said it right there in the presence of those pigs. The, the pigs, probably, pigs probably heard him say it, went, oink, oink. Yeah, sounds good to me. But no, he said, I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned before heaven and, before, and in your sight. He said, and uh, uh, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. That's what that, he practiced that. The pigs thought that was right. Then, then he said, make me one of thine hired servants. That's what I'm going to say. I'm not worthy to be your son. Make me one of your hired servants. And so he practiced that. That's what I'm going to say. He went home and he started in on that speech. His father saw him, remember, hugged him, kissed him. And he said, Father, he said, I've sinned before heaven and before earth in your sight. He said, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. And the father, you read the story, the father stopped him before he, because he saw where he was going. He was going to, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. Uh, he said, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. He, he, and the father, you read the, the, the speech that he gave compared to the speech he prepared, and he didn't get the whole speech out. He only got to the part, you know, I've sinned before heaven and in your sight. And no more whether we call that son. The father heard that and he, he saw where he was going. He stopped him and he wouldn't let him say the rest of it. Make me one of your hired servants. Because he said, no, no, no. He said, you're my son. You're my son. You're my son. He restored him. And he wouldn't let him go there to be a worm. You know what I mean by a worm? Less than a, a son. Less, less than somebody who has an inheritance. From his father. Yes. He wouldn't let him go there. He said, no, no, we're not going there. No, just stop. No, no, we're not going there. He called the, bring the fatted calf. Bring the ring. Yeah, the toenail clippers too. These are ugly. Bring them, bring them. These, these fingernails and toenails. Bring the razor. He needs a shave. Cleaned him up. Praise God. Washed him right there. Whew, glory to God. But do you know that repentance got him restored everything he lost? But do you know that later, whenever his older brother... See, we got too many older brothers in the church. His older brother heard the party, heard the music. He was all upset. What's this all about? And he said, well, one of the servants said, well, your younger son, I mean, your younger brother came home and he, the father you know, restored him and he's got the party going. He gave him the fatted calf. And remember, the older son was upset and mad. He'd actually accuse his father of never, ever giving him a fatted calf. And the father didn't accept it. He said, no. He said, everything I have is yours. You could have killed this fat calf, have a party anytime you wanted. That's right. I'll tell you something about the younger son. People get down on the younger son. He, 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 he was a rascal. He needed to get some things right, didn't he? But let me tell you something that that younger son had going for him. When his father restored everything. He didn't stay outside the party and do without. He squared his shoulders, walked in, and received it all. One thing the younger son had going for him was he knew how to receive. Even after he had missed it, and listen, missed it royally. He knew how to receive. Whoa! I've seen, I, I pastored for... A, 20 years. I've seen younger sons and older sons. You know, the types. I've seen them in type. Some, some, some Christians, they, I mean, they, they mess up and, and they, they're quick to repent and quick to forgive. 
And because of their mess-ups, they get in trouble physically or in some way. And they run to the altar and they say, pray for me, Pastor. We believe God with them. And I'm telling you, for the weeks out, they got testimonies about miracles and things that God did for them. Because because they knew how to repent and they knew how to receive. But then you got older Christians in the church. They're all upset about it. Well, I've been a good Christian. I've been in this church for 25 years. I've been praying for healing. You've prayed for me, laid hands on me many times. And I want you to tell me something, please. Yes, I'll tell you. What is it? How's coming? You know, God, go to healing that old rascal that threw himself across the altar and acted like he was sorry. Go to healing him. How's coming? Healed him. Won't heal me. Well, I just bring up the story of the older son. It's healing's yours. Just like the father said, all that I have is yours. See, your problem is you don't have any faith in the blood. I'm talking about these people that come to me. Your problem is you don't have any faith in the blood. Come on, somebody. Put some faith in that blood. I'm, I don't care how long you've served God. You still got to put faith in the blood. Your marriage still isn't cutting it. Just like mine still don't cut it. True, glory be to God. I'm glad I came this morning. Praise God. So it puts you right back in that place as if you never missed it. And it puts you in a place of boldness. Puts you in a place of confidence in the presence of God. So uh, after you get past verse 25 in Isaiah 43, you have no more faults, just merits. Praise God. So plead your case with the blood. Plead your case with the blood. Hallelujah. The biggest issue is forgiving yourself. And then forgetting it. Remember Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. Paul said this. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. Reaching for those things which are before. Uh, If there's anybody that had something to forget, it was Paul. Paul was a Christian killer. He was a murderer. Amongst other things. And so he had some things to forget. Didn't he? He could, if there's anyone that could have lived in guilt, it could have been Paul. Paul could have just, you know, the devil could have harassed him with that. And he could have let the devil harass him with that. And, and could keep bringing it back to his remembrance. But he didn't. He wouldn't let that happen. He said, I forget it. I forget it. That's past. Hallelujah. And so whenever you keep reminding, you keep talking about these things. Let me say it this way, whether it be something that you did or something somebody did against you, when you keep talking about it, you keep bringing it into today, bringing it into today, bringing it into today, whether it's forgiveness that you need from God or forgiveness you need to give to somebody else, it needs to stay in yesterday. I'm talking about the the wrong that they did. It needs to stay in yesterday. By talking about it today, it keeps bringing it into today. No wonder people are still bothered by it. I know Brother Higgins said one time, somebody came to him, he was preaching somewhere, and he said, you know, Sister So-and-so, she, she did this to me and did that to me, and really what it was, <clears throat> she had stole, this other sister in the church <clears throat> had stole her boyfriend. And this sister this, I never will forget what she did to me and so forth. And Brother Hagin, the way she's talking, Brother Hagin thought, well, it must have ha- happened last week. And Brother Hagin said he's just prompted in the spirit. Ask her, what, when, when did this happen? She said, well, 26 years ago. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. 
to be bound up by lies of the devil and unforgiveness. You know, a person's faith, a person's faith like that, that's, their faith is beat, being beat to a bloody pulp. They're, they have no confidence for God. That's what the devil's after. He's after our faith. That's, a, that's what he's after. So, you know, Paul said, I forget it. I forget it. So you need to learn to do that. Get real good at forgetting. Get real good at forgetting your past and get good at forgetting other people's past. I had a lady come through our, she, she uh, came visited in our church and uh, precious, sweet lady. But you could tell just by looking at her, not, not in an accusative way, but you can just tell by looking at her, she had a pretty rough background and so forth. But, um, you know, thank God for the blood. So we were just encouraging her and loving on her. She visited and started coming back. And I, I think after three or four services coming, just, just being blessed by the truth of God's word and, and then being washed. Remember, the Bible talks about being washed by the water of the word. And after three or four services, I, I greet people in the back sometimes. And I, and I was greeting and she came by and she said, Pastor, she said, uh, and she, she said something about the service and, and uh, was blessed by it. And then she said, she said, this church is amazing. I said, well, I tend to agree, but what do you mean? <laughs> you know? I said, I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about yeah. wonderful people. Yeah. And she said, well, she said, well, I told a few of the people here, uh, I think a person or two, I don't know why. It was her decision to tell it. It wasn't anybody asked about it. But I told a few of the people here about some of the things I've been through and all the marriages I've had and all the sin I've been in and so forth and so on. And, and uh, she said, this church, this church is amazing. I said, well, what do you mean it's amazing? She said, well, nobody else knows it. I said, in other words, in other words, she said, this is what she finished saying. She said, I've been to several churches and I told people a little bit about it. And she said, before a week was over, the whole church knew about it. And they're all looking down their nose at me. I said, well, we believe in the word. We believe what the Bible says. You confess that and he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all that. Amen. Well, that's the way it ought to be. Yes. Hallelujah. It ought to be like what Brother Hagin said. He said he's the pastor of the church. And he knows, you know, what people do and don't do and so forth and so on. But he said he wouldn't talk about it. And said he said, certainly wouldn't talk about it in front of his kids. He said, brother, he said, my children thought that those shoulder blades on the back of their backs was angels' wings sprouting out. He said, because we wouldn't talk about the people in a critical way. Amen. Just keep looking straight ahead. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let's put some faith in the blood. The greatest thing you can do for people is is release it and let it go. I'll be honest, you're doing more for yourself than you're doing for anybody else. Because that old unforgiveness and hard-heartedness and revenge and all that stuff inside of you is affecting your faith. Amen. So praise God. Paul said, I forget it. I forget it. Stop laying in bed and fellowshipping with your past regrets. Stop nursing it, diapering it, giving it a bottle, burping it, and giving it a warm bed to lay in. Your faith will never work that way. Amen. You can't have a heart full of faith with a mind full of regret. There's things I've done that has, has cost me Messed up my life for a couple of years. I'm thinking financially. Anybody ever made, don't raise your hand. 
But anybody, just in your mind, anybody ever made some mistakes in any area of your life? Messed your life up? You can't live with the regret of that. You can't live under the condemnation of that. There's still more blessings available to you. Life's not over. It's only over if you let the devil rob you of your faith because of that. By just letting him hound you about the regrets. Oh, I messed up. I messed up. Well, the blood was for people that mess up. All of us have messed up. But the blood's still there. The blood's still speaking. Hallelujah. Still available to us. Let's get up and let's go for what God has for us. I know people might say, well, I'm in my 70s. I'm in my 80s. I'm in the, it's too late. It's only too late if you say it's too late. God's still able to do it. Amen. Believe God. Amen. And stop thinking about your past regrets. Let it go out of your thought life. It's legal for you to do that. Hallelujah. So approach today as though failure had never existed. You know what the devil does? You know, it's like a checker game. Your moves, if you're not good at checkers or chess or something like that, somebody else you're playing is real good. Your moves, every move you make is, is setting you up for failure more and more. You know what I'm talking about? And so you're making a move and you're, and you're setting yourself up. And if they're good, they'll, they'll you know, win the game. Well, that's the way all of us in life have been in some way or another. Our moves messed us up. You know, I messed up here, I messed up there, and messed us up. Do you know that if we're not careful, those mess if we don't put faith in the blood over those mess-ups, that, that those, those moves will rob us of any expectation of any of the blessings of God left that are still available to us? That's exactly what the devil wants us to do. He wants to rob us of any expectation. And he, he wants our, our, the Bible talks about it in 1 Peter, talks about he, he gave us a lively hope through the blood of Jesus. A lively hope is a living expectation that's still thriving, has a, a throbbing heartbeat. You get up in the morning and you got an expectation on the inside of you. The, the blessings of God are coming my way. And the devil said, you messed up so much. That, that uh, you know, your moves, all your moves have messed it up. And you say, no, the blood took the checkerboard and wiped it clean and reset it. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, a brand new do-over. That's what forgiveness is. It's a do-over. Thank God for do-overs. Thank God for second chances. Thank God. Oh, I'm about to shout. Praise God. Stand with me this morning and give God some praise. Tell your neighbor the blood gives me a do-over. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Praise God. I got faith in the blood. Anybody else got faith in the blood? The Bible talks about casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself. Listen to this. Against the knowledge of God. This righteousness and becoming skilled with the word of righteousness is becoming skilled in the knowledge of God's word. And he said, there are things that are going to try to exalt itself. Condemnation is one thing Satan tries to use to exalt itself against the knowledge of the blood. But he said, you're to cast that down. You're to throw that down. Every high thing that exalts itself, 
the word, I looked this up last night, I was prompted to. High thing in the Greek is the, is the Greek word that we get our word hype from. Cast down, pull down every hyped up thing that is against the knowledge of righteousness. Satan wants to build up this big air castle of unworthiness. He wants to hype it up. Isn't that good? And it tries to exalt itself. That's what it says. Exalt itself. It's a hyped up narrative that lifts itself up against the truth. It's a lie that vaunts itself against the knowledge of the word, which is the knowledge of our cleansing. Oh, Jesus, that's just worth preaching again about all for another hour. Thank you, Jesus. That makes us worthy to receive healing, to receive the blessings of God financially, to live without a tormented mind. Amen. Makes us worthy. Makes us worthy. Not in our merits. We, don't, we understand that. But thank God we've got merits that aren't our own. When Jesus took our sin and gave us righteousness, that what he's doing is he's taking the punishment for our sin and crediting what belongs to him to us because of our faith in what he put, because of our faith in what he did on, putting that on Jesus. That's the gospel. That's, that's the good news. That's what we're to believe. Praise God. The enemy will come and say, you know, you rascal, you, who do you think you are going up there and having them lay hands on you for healing? You know what you've done. And he'll try to rob you of your faith. And you got to, see, that's what the good fight of faith really is. It's answering that and telling him, you're a liar. You're hyping up something and you're making, trying to make me feel something that has been washed away. It is, you, see, you got to put some faith in that cleansing. I'm cleansed of that. Well, what about these feelings? Just keep on washing yourself with the water of the word and wash and speak the word until those feelings run off. <laughs> Woo! Glory! Hallelujah! Glory! Hallelujah! I just sense God wanted to build up the saints this morning, Pastor. Just edify them and encourage them in the word. Thank you, Jesus. You need to, you need to learn to talk to the enemy. We learn to talk to God, don't we? we, we we're, we're learning to pray and talk to God. But learn to talk to the enemy because he's coming with, with all these accusations. Especially when you go to receive from God. I had a man come to me. We used to help in Kenneth Hagin Ministers Healing School. And, and a man came to me and he said, and he, he took his stand of faith. He saw from the word how to do it. He took his stand of faith. And after a few days he came to me. He said, I must be doing something wrong. I said, what do you mean? He said, ever since I took my stand of faith, I have had all kinds of bombardments of thoughts and, and, and remembrance of things in the past and, and all sorts of doubts and all sorts of anxieties and attacks against my mind like I've never had in my life. He said, I must be doing something wrong. I said, nope, you're doing something right. The devil doesn't like it. And he's trying to stop you from being in that arena of faith. I said, just hold him in that arena of faith. Just hold him in that arena of faith. Can I say something to you? A lot of times to receive, let's, let's take healing, for example.
To receive healing from God, do you know a lot of times you need to go to God first of all, not with verses about healing, but verses about the cleansing of the blood? Because he'll try to tell you, remind you of your past. Say, ah, you're not going to get anything. God doesn't love you. Or God's upset at you. That's the truth. And you got to be well equipped. And you got to be skillful at, at, at answering things that, that bring condemnation. Take those verses to the, just as much as you take healing verses, you got to take those verses to the throne of grace. Listen to that verse in, in Revelation. What is that? 12, 11, 11, 12, where he says, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The word of their test. Right before that, him is the accuser of the brother. Remember? They overcame the accuser of the brother. Notice, who accuses them, be, listen, listen, before their God. Before their God. What does that mean? When you go before your God, Satan goes with you. What do you mean he goes with you? He goes there to bring accusations. It's like a court c- case that you might see played out in a drama on TV. There's the, there's the prosecuting attorney. There's the attorney for the defense. There's a judge. And there's somebody they're saying is guilty. That plays out in you and my life almost daily probably. Where you go before God and the enemy's going too. He's saying, oh, they're not worthy. And he's bringing up evidence. He's bringing evidence. And Jesus Jesus says the blood washed that all away. That's your attorney for the defense. Hallelujah. And he'll lean over and say, don't say anything that the devil says. Only say what I say. And so you say, that's been washed away through the blood. That's called the good fight of faith. Take that, take that word to him. I'm talking to the throne of God. And, and whenever the enemy brings those accusations, you answer him. You answer him with the truth. <laughs> Woo! And hold the devil in the arena of faith. And you'll, if you hold him in the arena of faith, you'll whoop him every single time. I don't mean you got to fight him. He's already defeated. But I mean you got to learn how to take the, the weapons of your warfare and use them against the accusing voice that comes to you whenever you go to receive. Praise the Lord. Well... Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm so stirred up I could explode right now. <laughs> Glory be to God. Say it out loud. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Free from what? Free from guilt, condemnation, and shame. Thank you, Jesus. I want to, tonight, uh, we're going to be ministering to the sick uh, anybody that's able to come back tonight, we invite you to come back tonight. Uh, but if you can't come tonight, I would like to minister to you, minister healing to you this morning. And so I don't know, Pastor, if you want to move this or how you want to do this. And uh, make your way up if you would like us to, to lay hands on you. God's uh, called us in this area of ministering to the sick, and uh, we want to lay hands on anyone. Okay, come on up. One of my worthy brothers. <laughs> All right. Ears going, ringing of the ears. Father, I lay hands on my brother. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that ringing. Command it to stop. I rebuke it and it's commanded to cease and never come back. In Jesus' name, we release the anointing you've called us to minister with into his body. 
And we thank you not only to, to stop the ringing, but to, to heal the source of it, whatever the cause of it is, the very root of it. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. You know what the Word says. Believe you receive when you pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, brother. Amen. Anyone else? Glory to God. How many ever going to leave here different than you came in? Because, because of the consciousness of what the Word says about you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.